Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor. Your music now. This is Beat. This is Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor on Beat 102-103. Today on the interview, I am speaking with Connor Doc Dockery from the band The Scratch. Uh, in 2020, they released one of the albums of the year, Couldn't Give a Rats. Uh, they're about to embark on a an Ireland and UK tour. Uh, one date taking place in the southeast, and we'll find out all about that. Uh, but I'm going to start by asking you a kind of a fairly... A fairly loaded question, Connor. Uh, the Scratches music, I hear it as being a kind of a melding of Irish trad folk, metal, and dare I say dance music. How do you feel about that? Yeah, God, that, that's actually, that's a, I haven't heard the dance music. Um, that's the first time I've heard dance music being being in the mix there. And actually, absolutely now that i think of it um and i think it's probably yeah it's probably a fair uh fairly accurate description of, of what we're doing even though it's it seems to be constantly evolving uh on our end anyway or at least we're just constantly trying to figure out <laughs> what it is you know that kind of way but yeah the dance the dance side of it totally we're big certainly like at least half the band are, are massive fans of dance music and i guess the the uh, uh, the buzz that the I guess the rhythm section and the buzz that the cajon gives is it's quite it's like a it's like a constant kick drum or and actually even in soundcheck even in soundcheck's lango often he'll soundcheck the cajon with like kind of a techno beat that he does on the cajon <laughs> so right uh, so yeah that's that's a yeah I don't know how I never really thought of that before but it definitely it's definitely in there I'd say yeah. Okay, because it's well, it's an interesting one in that uh, the I mean, right, you can hear the trad and the folk elements very clearly, particularly in the vocals and the vocal delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the metal is there in the in the the construction of the riffs, I would say, but mm. the dance music stuff is there. I mean, the 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 beat is relentless, but it's not a metal beat, and yeah. I, I think it's kind of it, it's it's very much to the fore on a track like uh, Underworld. That you have yeah. at, on the on the album, so I think it's the last album, track. Totally, of the album, yeah, right? yeah. Like now, okay, the title is there, Underworld. But, the, <laughs> yeah. but like the, as I listen to it, I hear the kind of these uh, arpeggios on the guitar that are kind of repeated, repeated, which might be something that would be on a synth. But there's this relentless beat, and the way the music is delivered, actually, the lyrical delivery is very similar to something that Underworld might do. So I don't know. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, Underworld's one of our favorite songs, you know, that kind of largely flew under the radar, I guess, as as album tracks do, you know, but we've actually resurrected it in um it's we're gonna be playing it on this tour and we kind of like reworked it a little bit to suit it was it was mainly written in the studio, so it kind of came together. But yeah, like Lango, like his favorite group are Underworld. It was right. it was he just went, I'm just calling it Underworld. <laughs> he's just he's just gonna go for it, you know. <laughs> And uh, that was it. It was that was a massive inspiration, um, and I guess like rhythmically and inst- like uh, the instrumentally and, and rhythmically, it's not too far off anything else we do. But we just kind of honed in on that dance element for that song, particularly the vocals. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was that was a, a t- proper tip of the cap to Underworld and to that the energy that groups like that create in a track you know and um 
yeah, it's still it's certainly one of my, it's one of my favorite songs. I I remember just when it came together, I was like, oh yeah, it just felt just listening back. I was like, this is mad. Like I mean, I would never have like seen us writing a song like this kind of thing, but it just worked, you know that kind of way. So uh, yeah. yeah, that was that was definitely an exciting thing, and and it's it's actually. It's great that you you kind of mentioned it because it is it is a favorite of ours that um not many people talk about it it, it does it people it is a lot of people's favorite song but certainly went under the radar but we're, we're we have it back in the set now which is which is good now i haven't seen you live yet uh i've seen a lot of the videos uh, yeah. that you've posted online of of either big performances or, or some of the smaller performances. Mm. Um, look, there's a clear metal influence there. Am, am I right in saying that some of you guys were in a band together before the scratch? Yeah. Am so I right myself, in that? You are, yeah. Myself, myself, Jordo and Lango were in a, a band called Red Enemy for about 10 years or so. Um, Jordo came into the fold a little bit later on, but yeah, it was, it was a metal... I guess the band started around when we were 15, 16. Um, me and Lango met in school. Um, he was playing drums. I was playing guitar. And we started the band around back then and, and kind of did it for all the way up until our mid to late 20s. Um, right, and then right before the scratch happened, you know. So that was, that was kind of, you know, like that was a massive part of our, uh, our like the start of our musical uh, lives I guess and it was pretty much just entirely playing metal <laughs> like all the time so I guess when the scratch happened it was never really it, we were never it was never going to be too far away from that world you know even though it doesn't sound like a traditional metal band but we can't help but incorporate the elements you know it's just what we know and it's you know the way we write riffs and you know, we're trying. You know, we're 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 trying to always trying to evolve and like move past that way of writing. But like, it still is our favorite thing. So I think it'll always be there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean that as an insult when I said metal. I, I oh I, Jesus, I, no, quite, no, I didn't no. mean that. No, no. Sometimes you say that to people, and they but they think of hair metal and kind of cheesy metal. I'm nah, thinking more kind of classic kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of right, so. <laughs> So Connor, Doc, Docker, Dockery, uh, you go by Doc. You're you're the lead vocalist in the group, if I'm correct. Yes. And uh, no, I, I Lango and Jordo. I mean, I'd say right. the. I mean, they they pretty much share vocal. They they share vocal duties for um. Pretty, it's uh, it's it's it would be even enough across the across the set now. I'd say, um, and then Lango kind of he's, lot certainly from in, in a live sense he's. If, if there is a front man, he probably is it, even though we try to not have any one person yeah. uh, take that role, you know. But no, the two boys, Jordan and Lango, would be the, they'd be the main vocalists. I kind of, I'm not much of a singer myself, so I come in and shout some stuff every now and again. Yeah. So uh, that's about it. Well, I mean, I hear there's a layering of the vocals on the recordings anyway, mm. that I've, that I've uh, heard. Um, and mm. I wonder, do, do you all... It sounds like you all sing together, like uh, like a trad song or a folk song, where mm. everyone kind of comes in on a bit. Yeah, would it be right? Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely do that in the studio. Um, the kind of gang vocally thing, and uh, that probably that's something that was done, you know, a lot in the metal world as well. And and uh, 
yeah, we definitely enjoy like putting that in. And then the lads, yeah, the lads would be big on their harmonies and, and layering of vocals and stuff. But on the recordings, you generally only ever hear Jordo or Lango harmonizing and stuff. And then right. if we are going to do kind of like a uh, a bigger kind of group thing, then we'll all just come in and, and, and shout it, you know. But yeah, we like, I kind of, you know, like Macedon would be a huge influence on us vocally. Um, yeah. Just in the sense of when they when they broke out of their early material into like say Crack the Sky, which is like one of me and Jordo's favorite albums, and and just the way they their vocals traded off each other, the way they harm like you know just the epicness of the vocals over heavy sections and the way they played off each other. So yeah, that's definitely we we, we try and we try and keep a variety and who's taking the vocal and who isn't, and and oftentimes you get into the studio and it's you know, someone, one of the lads would have written the part and he, he sings it and it's like, you know what, this actually suits, this, this will suit your voice way better. And then say, Jordan might take it or vice versa. But it's the two boys for the main part. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to ask you about the kind of the energy in the songs. Uh, so your, your tracks are quite aggressive. They're very upbeat mm. uh, musically, but they tend to be quite gentle in sentiment. Uh, so there's there's a bit of a kind of a, mm. a, a, a paradox there. And you think about like a song like Excuse or God Slap or you can take your pick, pull your jocks up. Mm. Um, th- there's a positivity to all of those songs, even though they are relentless. Mm. Um, is that something that you consciously tap into when you're writing? I, w- I wouldn't say... Like, for example... I wouldn't say consciously. No, no, okay. What, what I mean is, okay... I definitely know what you mean, uh, and and it actually is it is true for sure. Yeah, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's it's more it's a conscious thing. I'd say when the band started, we it was a definitely a conscious thing for this to be a more lighthearted, positive, fun project, you know. And I think we're definitely although we there are certain tracks that are a little bit moodier and stuff, it's still. I think it'll it 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 would probably always have that that sort of lightheartedness to it all, even though it gets heavy at times. And that was certainly conscious at the beginning of the band. I think when we write now, it's like we definitely don't have those conversations necessarily about oh, I think this is getting a bit too dark or mm. uh, you know, in, in sentiment and stuff. It's just kind of like it's just the way the way it is now, you know. But it's it's definitely there, yeah. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say dark because th- there are themes you explore in songs. Mm. But even even a track like say Birdie, mm. right, which is is melancholy, but it's not cynical. And I, I I haven't none of your songs that I've heard. I've never sensed any cynicism in them. And I yeah. think that's what I that's what I'm kind of getting at. I, okay. I've never heard you go for a kind of a a stock lyric that's just dark and depressing or angry or or whatever. There's yeah, always yeah. there's always an upswing to it. You know, yeah, yeah, no, and and like, yeah, I guess like that probably would be probably be a bit a question for the two lads because you know they write the lyrics and stuff. Um, but yeah, just from my experience, like watching them write and stuff, there's a default. They definitely default to a more positive angle, and certainly when it comes to when it comes to lyrics, like Birdie, Birdie would probably be the most personal song Lango's mm. ever written. 
Um, and but it's I don't just knowing the type of person he is, it it like that that's so, that that's a very him way of uh discussing a personal topic you know it's uh it's it's very i feel like what i feel like their personalities are very much uh present in in the vocals and and in the lyrics whereas maybe some you know some some artists maybe kind of just explore a certain route or a certain direction that's not necessarily anything to do with them the way they are as a person. It's kind of just, they're just trying to write a certain type of song. Whereas like, I think with the lads, everything they write is very close and it kind of has to stay close to them as people. Um, and they're just, you know, certainly with Birdie, yeah, it, it is a more melancholic subject topic and stuff, but Lango, he just can't help, but it still have this kind of, <laughs> as you said, like an upturn, because that's just the way mm. he is, you know. The, the, your music, the, the Scratches music, it's, it is very Irish. I mean, I've, I've kind of talked about this kind of the trad and folk elements of it, but, but lyrically, I find it very Dublin. And I'm, and again, I'm not mm. meaning this as any sort of an insult from some fella from down the country, but the way some of the songs are structured and the lyrics that are thrown around in them, I mean, they're almost like jeers that are thrown around the streets or, or the mm. schoolyard or the pub or, or whatever. How rooted are the band The Scratch in a sense of place? Uh, oh, yeah, massively, I think. Um, and, and like, yeah, like it, it, there's, there's very much a Dublin side to it all. And, and certainly for the first, right up until the album anyway, um, Lango pretty much would have, would have written the, all the lyrics, you know, and... and still still now would write the majority of the lyrics you know and, and he just loves he, he just loves pulling from like those turns of phrases that he like a lot of the stuff like he he has like a uh he has like the notes on his phone just filled with things he's heard people say yeah, <laughs> and he'll yeah. just put them in a song you know it's not necessarily stuff we'd say but it's just stuff that he's found funny or like that just moved him in some way and, and he's just like that's so gas and he, he'll just like put them in a song you know and, and uh but yeah like in terms of of place yeah like again like growing up playing metal for so many years like i think we all lost it we, we lost a, a se our sense of identity in a, in a lot of ways it's it's kind of a genre of music that it's very you know in hindsight now it doesn't didn't have to be that way but we felt very boxed in and there was a lot of rules and felt like there was a lot of do's and don'ts and it was, there was very little room to get your personality across or to, you know, talk about Dublin in a metal song or talk about where you're from in a metal song. It's just like, how do you even do that? You know, I'd, I know I'd actually love to go back and, and try it. Yeah. <laughs> but like when, when the scratch happened, it was just an opportunity for us to just really talk about us as people, where we're from, what we experience day to day, what we hear our friends say, what we hear our, our parents say, or neighbors you know we just pulled pulled from all of that you know and that's that's just stuff we i guess we just enjoy mm. i think that's what maybe gives the songs their their honesty because I, I, every lyric in it i i can believe it do you know what i mean and yeah, i'm not suggesting yeah. that this is what the lads think it's because you have a lot of characters in your songs as well um, yeah definitely. as well as character you know but i i think that's where maybe it, it, it taps into another level 
because mm. there, there's an idea you're actually saying something here whatever that might be yeah so uh, certainly it is for me uh, I, I, briefly about musicianship right uh i've been incredibly impressed by the level of musicianship in the band now right i haven't seen you live as i said i haven't seen you live yet but i am looking forward to that in the next couple of weeks mm. a couple of guitars there on the wall behind me yeah uh, i see what what's banjo. what 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 and the banjo as well yeah if the interview's going really bad i'll break out the banjo yeah. <laughs> uh, i mean that's that's a good interview right there as far as i'm concerned oh i don't know <laughs> you haven't heard me play the banjo <laughs> but right so i was trying to record something the other day and it was kind of this kind of arpeggio thing but it's clean mm. right as in mm. clean sounding uh, electric guitar thing and what's quite scary about that, it took me ages to do it because uh, I won't call it difficult, but it wasn't it wasn't a straight kind of a piece. Mm-hmm. And it when you're playing clean, every little mistake or every little fluff of a finger or whatever, it comes out straight away and mm. you have to go back. So with the scratch, you're taking that kind of high energy music that if there were any mistakes in a kind of a metal context, I'm not saying mm. you would be making mistakes, but you know, if there's a little fluff, oh, yeah. add the distortion, it'll cover it. But you're on acoustic instruments or, you know, you're you're back at the clean level where everything is naked and on show. Um, it, was that a tough switch to make from the metal background to this kind of clean area where everything is just there? Good and bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, it felt. In a lot of ways, moving, moving in, like playing the acoustics the way we did. I think we realized pretty early on that it was it wasn't too dissimilar to, to, technically, it wasn't too dissimilar to what we'd been doing on an electric. Um, so it kind of, and then being in the open tunings, like or discovering the open tuning, and then. You know, a lot of the earlier stuff we played was just was very rhythmic. It was it was it was a lot of just like muting and like right hand rhythms. And then, you know, you bring in little riffs here and there. But I think so. It it wasn't like it, it didn't feel like a massive adjustment. But I guess I mean, it's been a couple of years now since, you know, we've been going a couple of years now. And I'd say the limitations of playing the, uh, the limitations of the acoustic guitar as you said, like not having not being able to rely on this the gain and the distortion of an amp, um, or even just the forgiveness of an electric guitar, it has it, it does force you to write in a certain way, and mm-hmm. it does for, it does force you to play in a certain way, and certain and and I think, yeah, like the challenges, the the challenge, like I'd say, for like one of the one of the trickiest things I find anyway is is that necessity to just always be locked in with the cajon because if you especially with the right hand like what mm. we're doing on the left hand if, if anything what we're doing on the left hand although there's some songs where the leads get a, a get a bit hairy um but like it's that it's the right hand is is huge i find and if you if you lose that right hand it's so noticeable it's like because it, because it it that it could they lock in so much they have to lock in so much with the cajon for it to groove and for it to feel powerful and when you lose that right hand it's like it's that's a big challenge you know that we've had to just like practice and work on and and that's not something that's just i don't think that's not something i would have ever done playing electric growing up you know Mm. it was like if anything it was technically it was it was the right hand was obviously super important but 
you know, like your right hand was 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 almost a little, or your left hand was was almost a little bit. You focused on that a lot more. Um, but with the scratch, it's like the opposite. It's that rhythm hand is like the most important thing. And but it's cool. I, like at times, it's really frustrating that w- w- with the band having those limitations because you're like it just it, when you know when you're writing and stuff, you're like, ah, you know, it, it just can't do the thing I want it to do. But then in on another in another way, I don't think the songs would sound the way they do or it wouldn't sound the way it does live if we didn't have those limitations. So um, it kind of just is what it is. But yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's the thing about, I suppose, music production, isn't it? But I mean, I, I've heard this again and again from producers, musicians and everything. They always say that infinite possibility leads nowhere. You know, yeah, that it's un- true. Until, it is true. Uh, until you box yourself in somehow, you're not yeah. really going to make any decision because it's like yeah. in, a, in a world of infinite tracks, you can add as many tracks as you want in the studio. Mm. So you can just keep adding stuff, whereas maybe you're never actually making a decision. Uh, yeah, and then so, it's yeah, very hard to, to get that sense of dynamism in, into mm. the music. So with the acoustic guitar, I mean, you have a range on that. It's quite a, it's quite a large range, actually, mm. if, if you play it properly. Mm. But by using that rather than just saying, right, and this bit, we're all going to go crazy heavy and slap on 600 pedals and blah, blah, blah. And Lango can go crazy on the kit. The fact that you're on the, the, the Cajon drum, which I suppose for anyone who doesn't know is that kind of box drum that you yeah. sit on and it's got a snare built into it. Uh, it's quite expressive actually uh, as a drum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, like, I think like, I guess like having said all that, we've uh, like, Myself and Jordo run two, we run two amps each now. So live, it would be <clears throat> live. You're hearing the acoustic, the dry acoustic sound out front. And then we run, you know, we run one high gain, super high gain amp through a 412 cab and then a smaller like combo. That's kind of like a more crunchy rock tone. Um, so like our live, it is now there's a lot of amp happening. Yeah. Um, but, but it's still coming from an acoustic guitar. Though. Yeah. It's still coming from an acoustic. So it's still, it, it still isn't, it's still not as forgiving as, as an electric guitar, but yeah. I think we are trying to, we're definitely, you know, we're, we're, we're working on the next album at the moment and we're trying to like separate the two worlds a little bit more, you know? And so if we are, if we are going heavy, you know, the amps are going to be there. And then if, if it's going to be an acoustic thing, like really just like make that the focus, you know, and instead of it all kind of meshing together. But um, yeah, like bringing, bringing amps into the, into the fold has been really interesting because it's sound and acoustic through an amp is like a totally different thing. <laughs> um, but it's also, it's, it also just sounds amazing. It, you know, if you get, if you can find the right thing or so, yeah, it's a, <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, why are we playing acoustic guitars? <laughs> but like, <laughs> and, and as you said, with the limp, but it's just, I guess what's interest, what's exciting and interesting is that it is, it is limiting and it's different and it's, it's, it's forcing you to, to try something different and play something different. I feel like if we were to revert, even with the box drum, it's even with the Gajon, it's like, if we were to move to drum kit, there's a danger of then just falling into it's kind of sounding like everything else, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a, uh, it is a, a constant battle. <laughs> yeah. For sure. 
Uh, this is Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor uh, in conversation with Connor Doc Dockery from the band The Scratch. Uh, they're about to launch into their uh, Ireland and UK tour. Uh, going, to, going around Ireland during November and then you're off to the UK in December. Um, is this your biggest tour to date? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to on it? Um, definitely. Um, yeah, it's this particular tour. I guess, like, yeah. What would I be most looking forward to? I think definitely doing like a pro- having a proper go at the UK is something we're excited for. Um, I think we're doing couple of bigger venues in ireland like the biggest venues i've ever done um so that'll be that'll be really cool um but yeah we're kind of i think i'm just looking forward to we've we've uh, we've reworked the set we've been kind of forced to rework the set because this the timing of this tour and just with the pandemic and everything coming out of that and just everything that the madness of it all um I guess this tour isn't ideal timing wise because we're not actually, we don't really have anything to promote. So, and we just kind of did, we've done a lot of, we did a bunch of shows at the start of the year and we did a whole festival summer. So we're kind of at a point going into this tour where it's like, okay, how do we make this, keep this interesting for people at the gig and also ourselves, you know? So we've just like, we've been kind of forced to like try some different stuff with the set and, um so that's that's i'm really excited to just play the fresh set and and try out these new ideas and and um yeah and then just hit do have a proper go at the uk this is like our this will be our first first uk tour really by some one couple, handful of one-off shows you know have you picked up much interest in the uk like are you yeah. getting any radio player over there are you getting any kind of you know I hate to say the word tastemaker, but do you know what I mean? Are you getting any yeah. kind of champions over there for your music? Um, I wouldn't say so, to be honest. And like, to be honest, we never really got it in Ireland either. Um, mm. I think from a tastemaker point of view. I hate that word, this, by the way, but you know what no, I mean? No, but I know. No, but it's a yeah. good description of, of what we're talking about. Um, I don't think, it, I think what, what I found with the Scratch is we just don't really fall into into we don't really fit into the those those particular worlds or boxes that these people look for and yeah. i and i don't mean that in like a are any sort of arrogant or like uh whatever kind of way if anything it's it's just made it harder to be honest but mm-hmm. like we just don't and we're very aware that it's a, it's a it's an odd situation it's an it's a strange band at times and I think a lot of people, they don't really know what to make of it um, at the best of times. Certainly these tastemakers, you know, but I guess what we've what we've just found best, what best works for us is just getting out there and playing and for people to see it, you know. And I don't think I don't think any of us want to be known as just a live band or anything, you know, um, and that's why we're always trying to make the music better and, and like figure out like a more cohesive version of what this band is you know but it's always just even in ireland like there was no radio play or art real magazine or any any of there was no real industry 
backing in in on the journey to where we've gotten to now it, it's it's i'd say 90% word of mouth you know mm. um and i guess another thing that that we've that we found is that i i just i guess the people that do connect with what we're doing like they 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 seem to really really connect with it and they'll they 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 come they they come back again and again and again and again you know and so i think in the uk we've done a handful of shows um and on this run a lot most of the venues outside outside of london are between 100 and 200 cap so you're talking like small rooms but like the way we see it like if we can get in into those rooms with 100 plus people like that will double next time we come back like yeah. that's that's the goal and like i think that's um it's 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 a lot there's a lot more work involved in that and like but it's just what works for us right now and it's what what it's what worked for us in ireland as well and it has been like you know the one-off shows we have done are london glasgow and now we're coming back to a sold out glasgow this time and a venue that's twice the size in london that we did before so it's like it it works and we don't really it'd be nice to have those people on our side but we don't need them mm. um and who knows you know maybe this next album those people might get it a bit more they might you know see it or whatever but right now we're just we, we don't really concern ourselves with it and it's really all all about just getting in front of people mm. it sounds like a kind of a classic um hard work you know like there's no yeah. easy like it, it, i know no. like the, the thing about gigs you, you play to a handful of people the next time you play to a bigger handful of people and bigger you know uh, yeah and it, 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 it's kind of old school but it kind of works you know if you're good obviously if you're shit yeah totally <laughs> and like you know I've, i we we like i grew up like here and that exact thing my whole life is like get out there get on the road tour get in front of people and i was always like and like i still i still really believe that that's that it fundamentally is the most important thing to be able to do as a band mm. i think you if you don't have that and, and I, I just find in in this day and age i do i do i what i've noticed a lot with with bands and other artists is is there there's a kind of there's, there's there is an over reliance on the industry i feel like there's they've there's like this fetish 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 fetishization of getting a particular person to talk about you or to get a particular uh, uh magazine to talk about you or to oh if we get this manager that's we're sorted if we get this if we get this if we get on this festival if we and all that stuff is important but i i, I think i have noticed with with over the last few years that I think people put an over-reliance in it and they forget that really at the end of the day, the most important thing is how you make people feel and mm. how people feel leaving your shows because that is the most powerful way to to put your music across. It's, in my opinion, anyway, I think it's still the most powerful way to do it. And if you can if you can have people leave leave a room feeling like like they've never really felt before that's to me that's you shouldn't need anything else then you know mm. but 
it helps. <laughs> <laughs> on the Irish leg of the tour, you're taking in one date in the southeast. You're playing in uh, Garter Lane Art Centre in Waterford yeah. City on the 16th of November. It's Wednesday. Uh, the gig is a collaboration with some music and uh, marketing students from uh, the SETU, yeah. um, the Technological University. How did that come about? Um, well, first of all, just on that, I just want to just do a quick shout out to them. Um, I think it's it's just it's amazing what Mark and, and all the students and everyone are doing down there. And the gig actually sold out a couple of days ago, which is just like I just think fair play to them, you know, and I think it's it's such it's such great experience for all those students. And yeah, so quick shout out to them. Um, I'm not sure we'd be playing the gig in Waterford if if it wasn't for them, you know, that kind of way. So um but yeah, like Mark reached out to us, Mark Graham, and um, he basically heads up the program there, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. But he plays in King Kong Company and he's a massively experienced guy. And um, they basically do, from what, from what I understand of it, they, they, it's like a masterclass type thing that they do with the students. So they'll invite artists down. And I think we'll kind of just like chat answer questions talk about our experiences you know any questions that the students have about our journey or experiences mm. or anything we've learned along the way we kind of do that and then they put on a show in the art center we play um and that's that's kind of it and and i think um mark had uh he had um invited us to play the Cork Opera House with King Kong Company before the pandemic. So he, he's been a fan of the band for a while. And, and I guess he just thought we'd, we'd be a good fit for this, this thing they're trying to do down there. So we were like hundred percent just up for it, you know? And, uh, so yeah, I actually, I can't wait for that. You know, it's something, it's something different. And, and, uh, I know I would have loved to be involved in something like that as a student, you know, for sure. Deadly, deadly. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad yeah. to hear it's sold out. I was going to say, get your tickets at yeah, Gartlane.ie, yeah. but if it's well, sold I mean, out, it's sold out. I don't know. Yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, like it's, yeah, I mean, mad. But yeah, there you go. Class, I'm looking forward to that now. It'll be good. Yeah. They did one last year with um, Saint Sister. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a great show. It was a great show. Yeah, so I'm looking yeah, forward yeah. To, to, to this one as well. Um, have you guys any tour superstitions? For example... Years ago, I used to know a fella who, no matter where he went, he would have to find a chipper and have a bag of chips before the gig. It <laughs> had to be a bag of chips. Or I knew another fella who had to go for a walk around the block before the show. It, it could be anything at all, or maybe you have no superstitions. Yeah. Um, God. We wouldn't be... We wouldn't... We wouldn't be... I don't think any of us would would have many superstitions, to be honest. Um, just trying to think of what. Um, God. Okay, okay, let me let me rephrase that question then, and mm. come at it from a slightly different angle. From yeah. all the gigs that you've done so far, okay, mm. I, I, go, I you you strike me as being a kind of a a cultured and literate individual. Uh, <laughs> so you. so I'm I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the the great musicians and philosophers of our time spinal tap yeah, yeah and uh what has been the biggest spinal tap moment of the scratches career 
so far? Oh my God. Okay, so when you say spinal tap moment, it like so what what like what do you mean exactly? Well, like, uh, okay, what's the stupidest thing that's happened to you so far? Did you get yeah. lost on the side of the stage? Was yeah. the bread too small for the meat? <laughs> or you know, or 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 we you know, was it the scratch and puppet show? We <laughs> you know, the puppet show should have been first or or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. We've had some silly, silly gigs. So I'm like, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. Um, I mean, God, we, uh, we play, I mean, I don't know, but like we play just like in recent memory, we did a show, uh, we did a, sh a festival in Guildford during the summer and we, uh, so it was like, it was one of those things where it was like a red eye fly from Dublin none of us like managed to sleep the night before it was like just you know like you're up at 3 a.m or whatever and you're like sometimes sometimes you get sleep sometimes you don't so i remember we got to guilford at like whatever time we were all just complete zombies and then we weren't playing the show till uh i think we weren't on till midnight <laughs> right and i remember by the time it came around we were so tired and i remember we walked out on stage like ha pretty much 90% of the festival had left. We were supposed to be the after party. <laughs> so like 90% of the festival had left. And then, so we were like sitting there at midnight and it was, it was literally like the cleaners, like people were just like cleaning up <laughs> and stuff. And there was a few kind of heads we knew and we were just like, oh my God. And then like the first chord, like Jordan Ostrom, his guitar just like broke. It was done. <laughs> I was like, it was like 10 seconds into the first song. So we basically played the entire set. I remember like he, Jordo just had his guitar on the ground and he was sitting like that with the mic. <laughs> and then I was sitting over the other side. I was like, this is like, I, I can't like, I'm so tired that like, I just don't even, I have no idea what's going on. Then I looked to my left and calls because <laughs> we sit, the only seat call could get was like, this red leather, <laughs> it was like a red leather, like this long, like poofy seat. And it was like so low to the ground. He was like an F1 driver, like sitting in the thing. <laughs> and I just looked around at him. I looked over at Jordo and then Lango's there like trying to like, and I was like, do you know what? This is, uh, this is it. And I think we just like, I think we'd just done like, download festival or something the week before which was like insane and uh to just go to that you're just like yeah never forget that it can go spinal tap at any <laughs> any given moment no matter what is going on around you you know but that was a, a complete disaster uh but sure there you go yeah <laughs> uh, so, right so, so the tour is uh, up and running or you're kicking off as we record this you're kicking off tomorrow in cork yeah uh, the uh, all the dates and details are up at the scratch.ie um during the interview there uh, doc you kind of mentioned about a next scratch album is that something that you're actively working on and maybe when yeah. can we expect it yeah yeah we've been we're like in the in the in the midst of it yeah in the middle of it at the moment so we'll we're actually in the studio we've been kind of in and out of the studio a bit the last last while and then we're we're in again for another week mid mid-november like in the middle of the tour and then 
we go in again for another week when we get back, just up, just when we get back from the UK. So the plan is to have it done by Christmas. Um, and in terms of when it comes out, not sure yet. As as is always the way, there's a lot of uh, a lot of factors flying around that can that could dictate when it comes out. Um, obviously, we want it out sooner the better. Um, but it's it's we're like really excited about it. I think it was it was um, we've been working on it. Well, we've been writing since since you know the middle of the pandemic. I think we started writing like after couldn't give rats came out. We kind of did what we could, mourned the loss of gigs for six months or so, and then we kind of got ourselves back together and uh, we started writing again. But yeah, it was just tough. It's been a tough tough uh tough time getting the music together because i think just with the with the with the type of band it is we've just had a lot of soul searching and and trying to think of what direction we want to go in and and how do we how do we make this the best thing we've done on record you know that kind of way mm. and, and i think uh so yeah we've got some we're working with some people on it that's really exciting and and the stuff we've done already is really exciting and i think it's i think it's going to be the most you know uh focused and clear version of what we're trying to do so far and that's the goal um so yeah hopefully hopefully out next year i'd say it will come out next year yeah regardless of, of what happens but um either way done by christmas and then we'll see we'll see how we go well if you can match our top couldn't <clears throat> give a rats you're into you're, you're onto a winner in my yeah. so we, we'll yeah. see how that goes uh, <clears throat> so uh, thanks to you connor uh, connor doc dockery i keep wanting to call you connor because connor's written up on the screen here in front yeah, of me yeah. but uh thanks so much for your time uh today thanks for being generous with your your kind of memories and your thoughts uh the tour for the scratch it's starting now if there's dates have a look at them on the scratch.ie uh if you're going to the waterford one well i'll see you down the front uh as connor has said tickets are now sold out but uh, you never know there might be some returns or something like that that you can pick mm. up uh yeah. and uh, we look forward to or we listen forward to hearing the new scratch album in 2023 connor thank you so much Cheers, Rob. Appreciate it. Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor on Beat 102-103.